Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. Our guest today is John Ackerman, known locally as our uh, Tazewell County Clerk and Recorder of Deeds, but he's here as a guest for something else. But first, John, welcome. How are you today? Thanks really, for having really me. I'm glad to have you. I was looking forward to this, in part because a couple of months ago, at a meeting of the Pekin Bicentennial Committee or Commission, uh, you talked about a planned project in observation of Juneteenth. And what really struck me was the, the amount of effort, the organization, and the passion that was behind the effort. So I said, I've got to have John come here and talk about that. In many ways, the deep background is about a year ago, maybe a little more than that, Jared Olar, the local resident historian, talked about, and the title was you know, Lincoln's Presence in Pekin. Mm-hmm. But we naturally got into the discussion of what you're about to do. So uh, timing-wise, it's good timing. I'm glad you're here. So share with us a little bit about what's planned and maybe how this came about. Yeah, and I guess we'll start with the second question first, uh, because you kind of already discussed it. Uh, A year and a half is being really generous. This is really a generational project, decades in the works. Um, It's historians bringing this history forward time and time again and saying, why don't we have something here in Pekin recognizing these individuals? And it just falling through the cracks every single time. No, uh, it comes up, everybody discusses it, and then nothing would get done. Um, when I heard of what Jared was doing, we decided just to put the push, let's make it, let's get it done, let's finish it, sure. let's, let's see what can be done. Um, so, yeah, we're going to, for Juneteenth this year, for this uh, Tazewell County and for the city of Pekin, it'll be a dedication of a Nance and William Costley uh, memorial, uh, the first for either of them in the state of Illinois, uh, here in downtown Pekin, uh, in the pocket park that is sure. across from the Chamber sure. of Commerce. Well, it's part of a uh, storied history and, and uh, gives Pekin a claim to the, the title of uh, the, the home, if you will, or the location of the first slave freed by Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Um, if you could, even though we talked about it at that past podcast, maybe a little bit of review of that story. Yeah, so Illinois was never a slave state. It was always a free state. It was established that way. Um, our second governor made sure of that. With uh, Actually, the state legislature was leaning towards a slave state. And as governor, he ignored their wishes and put through executive orders that made sure Illinois would be a free state. Um, so we have a lot to thank for our second governor for the uh, strength in doing that. Um, but there were, just like with buildings, and anytime we change code, there are items that predated that code that we say get grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. That was how Nance Costley became a slave in the state of Illinois. Uh, she was born when it was a territory um, and still under French law, which allowed for slavery. Um, so she was born into slavery in the state of Illinois. Um, she was sold numerous times along the way. Uh, and at the age of 14, which that really shocks me, uh, that a 14-year-old girl um, has the fortitude to declare, I'm not mm-hmm. enslaved anybody. I am free. I am nobody's servant. Uh, that's really uh, quite remarkable. Uh, and she starts uh, looking for lawsuits and filing lawsuits and fails several times. And really, for the next 14 years of her life, she is fighting for her freedom uh, through the courts. Um, 
finally Abraham Lincoln picks up her case. Um, she is by, at that point living in Pekin, uh, married to a, a gentleman who's a freeman. Uh, he was African-American as well, but free. So she's a slave. He's free. She's clearly saying, I'm not a slave. I'm, uh, so she was living here on her own. But Abraham Lincoln took her case to the Illinois Supreme Court, and uh, sure enough, uh, they recognized her uh, as a free individual. Uh, in doing so, like I said, she was married while that was going on. Um, they had children, and in that time frame, the status of your children was tied to the mother status. So even though her husband was a freeman, they were living here as a free couple, mm -hmm. she's still a slave. So not only is Abraham Lincoln, is she recognized as the first enslaved individual emancipated by Abraham Lincoln, but her son William, her oldest son, is recognized as the first male enslaved individual emancipated by Abraham Lincoln. And both of them lived the majority of their lives here in sure. Pekin. Sure. This re story really came to light in just not that many years, at least locally. Mm -hmm. A gentleman wrote a book on it called Nance. Uh, Carl Adams, yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I, I know that I think it was the Coalition for Equality took up the charge in attempting to d sell and distribute the book. So it's a great story that needs mm -hmm. to be told here, especially with, uh, you know, Pekin's somewhat checkered racial history or known for that in the past and yet here is a local group trying to advance that story well not only that but here's the key to that part as well we tend to put a lot of weight on the recent allegations and i say recent mm -hmm. being 80s 90s right. um recent allegations of what pekin's history was what we found if you really take a look at it is pekin that that image of what pekin was there really isn't that much truth to that. There really isn't that strong embracement of that other than being called that. Um, really, there's a ton of history showing Pekin just the opposite, being uh, an area that was welcoming, a community that was well open and welcoming for its time in history. Uh, definitely not by today's standards, mm -hmm. but for its time in history being more inclusive and open and welcoming. There was a large population of freed African-Americans living within the community. Um, the 29th Colored Infantry, the largest infantry unit, uh, colored infantry unit during the Civil War, 17 members from mm. Tazewell County were there. That's a pretty heavy sure. contingent, um, including William Costley uh, volunteering for the Union Army. Um, there's a lot of others that just show a different light um, of where it was at. And really the abolitionist movement with in Pekin, really surrounding Pekin is quite strong. Sure. Right. Um, so yes, there are elements that prove that the image Pekin has had in the past, the reputation, I guess right. you'd say, there is some claim to that, but they don't hold really a candle compared to the bright light of the opposite information that is really Pekin's true history. So part of this endeavor is just showcasing Pekin's true history, trying to bring that forward. Um, you know, in a previous effort recognizing members of the Underground Railroad, two of Pekin's founding fathers were members of the Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. um, the Union League built right. a national right cause, built for uh, promoting the uh, Union cause during the Civil War. Right. Started here in Pekin. Sure. These are things we don't discuss while we heavily discuss uh, this image uh, from the 80s and 90s of what Pekin's uh, history and reputation was sure. so part of this project like i said is the rebranding elevating of that history and the nance costly story and the william costly story are two of the highlights yeah that's great i i know sorry right to interrupt here, you no no that. exactly <laughs> right here in the library just uh 
there's a book in the new nonfiction that talks about myth and regarding history, and it takes some of you know, the history we all grew up accepting as gospel truth, and I still accept it that way. It just needs to be perhaps uh, looked at a little more in depth uh, to have both sides of the story, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But uh, here's one where now you're taking really what was uh, almost seen as a shameful past and really putting it in the proper perspective. Mm-hmm. That is really nothing to be to be ashamed of. Yep. And I think the, the exclamation point is, look what your group are doing and what the community is doing to to acknowledge uh, an unknown part of our past and a story that needs to be told and needs to be preserved and that's why you're also going to put a memorial up so share a little bit about that yep one more bullet point real quick about Mm -hmm. our history too can never forget illinois had a huge turnout for the civil war as far as manpower i Mm -hmm. believe the second or the third uh state uh for the most soldiers enlisting into the civil war Uh, also second or third i believe and highest amount of casualties resulting from that um so we we paid quite dearly uh in the civil war we did our part and we paid quite dearly pekin as a municipality though was one of the highest uh, municipalities and in, in volunteers and in people coming out. So uh, volunteers per capita, people enlisting in the mm-hmm. Union cause. So this idea, again, you know, Pekin did its share during the Civil War. There were so many individuals wanting to sign up in Pekin to join the Union cause that they filled the Illinois quota for <laughs> brigades. Yeah, really? So if you notice, of our three Medal of Honor recipients, all from the Civil War, all from uh, Tazewell County, one of them is from an Illinois brigade. The other two are from a Missouri brigade mm. because the guys here couldn't enlist because the quota was filled and said, well, then let's go to St. Louis and we'll enlist there. So they did. They marched to St. Louis and Mass, signed up and filled Missouri's quota for right. enlistment. So, again, showing you that, that true history that maybe we just haven't talked enough about. Well, and you had the president of the United States from Illinois and the, the commander of the armies and when they were victorious and Ulysses S. Grant. Yep. So yeah, Illinois was well, well represented. I'm glad you gave us that perspective. I Sorry to interrupt. That. Your no, no, question was you about did. the memorial we're planning. Yeah. Um, so Nance Costley, about a year ago, it was brought forward that um, she doesn't even have a grave site. It's mm-hmm. under asphalt of Adams Street, actually a parking lot. Uh, the Moffat Cemetery was plowed over believe if i recall correctly in the 20s and 30s as peoria expanded Mm -hmm. uh they relocated that cemetery and didn't move everybody just plowed under a bunch of them so it's we're pretty sure that that's where she's at is just plowed under and paved over now Mm -hmm. uh in a parking lot there is an effort underway in peoria county uh to put a memorial for that cemetery the illinois uh, or the peoria remembrance park um one of that portion of that is going to be a marker for uh, uh, Illinois State Historical Marker saying that Nance Costley is buried here. Um, So that is wonderful. That'll be one of the first, along with ours, markers of her existence because there are no other landmarks, historical markers, anything for her in the United States, period. Um, And here's, again, the first enslaved individual emancipated should have a marker. Uh, Here in Pekin, what we're going to do is a stone memorial That'll have her name and her son William's name, uh, indicating Tazewell County remembers, and then their names. Um, it's a beautiful, large, uh, uh, four foot, uh, four foot wide, I believe, mm. three foot tall, sure. uh, rectangular stone, uh, red granite piece uh, that Abel Monument has done, um, and they're going to place that and everything. Uh, I'll have their names, some key information, and then. On the wall uh, next to that is going to be two bronze Illinois State Historical 
markers, one Good. for Nance Costley and one for William Costley. Um, and the Nance Costley is going to have different verbiage. Uh, the Peoria County one was written by historian Jerry Dollar, like you've mm -hmm. already mentioned. Um, he also wrote ours so that they were different version, uh, different parts of her life in each area. Uh, her life in Peoria and also her life here. She spent the majority of her life here. Uh, so we had a lot more to draw from. Um, yeah, that'll be placed there. That'll be the first stone memorial, uh, first memorial of any type for Nance Costley anywhere in the United States. In the exact location? In the pocket park right at the entrance uh, across right. from the uh, chamber's office is okay. where, uh, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, where that's going to go. And the emblems are going to go on Kriegman's Law Office building uh, right mm -hmm. there on the wall. So it'll be right next to the memorial. Um, okay. So you'll see the memorial, wonder who these two individuals are. You can turn the corner and see the state placards and read more about them. And then at the bottom, something I thought Jared had done that was outstanding is he put at the bottom, more history on these individuals can be found at the right. Tazewell County Historical and Genealogical Society and the Pekin Library's History Room. So right. showing people where they can get even more information on right. these individuals, right. um, doing the continued knowledge path. Um, for William Costley, he does have a grave site. Um, it was lost for generations uh, in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, he was illiterate, as many people were back then. Mm -hmm. um, so the spelling of his name changes several times as he tries to recall how he couldn't sign his name. He couldn't recall what his, you know, is. so it's, it was very difficult to track down. Carl Adams, who we mentioned earlier, an author, he was the one that tracked it down through pension records from the Civil War, um, managed to find the path of where he left Pekin, moved to Iowa, mm -hmm. left Davenport, Iowa, and moved to Rochester. Actually, in Rochester, he has um, what we believe was a stroke. And back then, um, just like with the Bardenville Insane Asylum, what we consider mental health problems today isn't what they considered back then. There was a much larger canvas that would be uh, people that just couldn't take care of themselves, that would find themselves in an insane asylum. Um, fortunately, he has a stroke, we believe, and um, can't communicate any longer. His shoulder was injured during the Civil War, so he has that problem as well. So he ends up in uh, an insane asylum in Rochester, a mental hospital. and. Uh, his grave is just a simplistic stone, uh, flat. Um, his name's misspelled. Um, they don't even have the right birth year on it. Uh, so there's several problems. Um, and it's not really, it's honored now in Rochester. They know what it is about, but they really don't embrace, you know, it's not a national sure. spot. So this memorial here will be the second in the nation, but I, the first in Illinois, and I think really the first to really focus on him and his heroic deeds. So what investigative efforts were employed to find it? It almost sounds like a Mission Impossible. Yeah, it was just, again, following those Union pension records and okay. seeing how they, okay, this must be the next path here. Here's where they misspelled his name and, and keep following along uh, deduction to do it. And Carl Adams did that, I believe, with Jared Oler's help as well. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, they did that when he was writing that uh, book of his on uh, Nance Costley. Yeah, that's great. Well, are there plans for annual Juneteenth observations? Um, we, this is our third annual in Tazewell mm -hmm. County. They've been moving around, and right. they will continue. I think there are some other amazing rich stories that we will bring out. Um, our first Juneteenth event was at the courthouse recognizing um, Peter Logan, uh, who was a member of the Underground Railroad. He was also a, mm -hmm. a runaway slave himself. So it was pretty remarkable to have an, an individual who 
escaped uh, slavery uh, involved as well. And I'm sorry, that was our second one. Our first one was uh, recognizing members of the U- Underground Railroad in uh, Woodrow Cemetery in South Pekin. Mm-hmm. So then last year was the second one for Peter Logan. This year is the Costly Memorial. Um, we'll find it. Uh, we've got some others lined up for in the future. Well, other than the acknowledgement at these locations or mm-hmm. the events when it's acknowledged is any of this documented is there any way jared's just working feet away from us here we'd probably check with him and see uh if there's a means by which someone would really you know be able to track down and, and follow that history have the complete story instead mm-hmm. of bits and pieces of it there are there are several different efforts jared of course in his blog does a wonderful job mm-hmm. of keeping that historical record there and there's uh, writings and different uh, artifacts in the history room here in the library the genealogical society has several of these items off so in their archives uh, different individuals diaries from back then that recall this or history books that have it in there um, and then of course all of the media coverage that we're generating with these events public sure. recognition events uh, leave a lasting footprint of this history yeah. Well, um, and I can't stress enough too. Generations before Jared and I, there were many individuals that were working on this as well. Um, Jared always points out that he picked up the pieces, the breadcrumbs left to him by others, right. and I just piggybacked off of Jared's effort sure. and, and did the same thing. So it's, it's it, to say that one individual brought this forward or two right. isn't really accurate. It really was decades of work by previous historians as well, bringing them to the forefront, and, and just each time it gets a little bit more to the public's attention and bringing it forward um the you know the history i don't know do you want to touch on the history of the two of them kind of a synopsis real quick of yeah, real quick yeah, yeah we could well nance costly like i said so we covered her mm-hmm. case and all that afterwards she lives in pekin um her home there, there's always a question so was the costly family lincoln served as their attorney but was one of those relationships where oh, yeah, I think I represented that guy sometime or or represented her at some point, or did Lincoln really know them? Well, if you look at the layout of Pekin, her house was on heading to the north. And while the road she lived on now is in the middle of a private subdivision and really has very low traffic count, Mm -hmm. at the time it was the only north-south exit out of Pekin going northbound. So where would that be? Uh, That would have been... Oh, you've caught me on that one offhand. I apologize. I um, uh, can't remember the name of the street. I'm going to say Amanda Street, but I'm, no, I'm okay. not for sure. If, it's one of them that comes to a little triangle, and her lot was right in the middle of the triangle. Okay. Um, but the point of that uh, passage was that Lincoln, his riding the circuit, he would leave Springfield, and he would come to Tazewell County, and then he would leave Tazewell and go directly to Woodford County. So he was traveling on that north-south road. So he's passing twice a year at least her home seeing william and the children playing outside mm-hmm. um the stories we know of lincoln stopping all along sure. the route delaying his travels all the time to chit chat with everybody he could see we know that there was that there had to be incidents of him stopping it wasn't just once i served this person and i never worked saw them again he would have had uh frequent contacts with them and then afterwards um We'll get with William. We'll bring back up another case of it. But uh, later in life, she there was several cholera outbreaks in Pekin. She was known as a healer um, with medicinal herbs and, and uh, different home remedies for cures. Not really a doctor, but more of a naturalist, I guess you would say. Uh, and she was recognized by the community for really saving Pekin during those cholera outbreaks, uh, disease outbreaks. Um, there's a 
gossip and there was always a lot of innuendo that she was chased out of Pekin by its uh, sunset laws and again that's that sure. fictional history. Yeah, mythical history the reality is she just grew old um, her husband passed away her only child was living in Peoria where all the jobs were there was a mass exodus of people out of uh, Pekin at that point because the jobs were Peoria had a lot of jobs mm-hmm. as the breweries and all of them expanded um, so it was just jobs that brought her over there uh, still when they got married they came back here to get married they came back here for uh, see family and friends there's there's no uh, truth to her being chased out of the town sure. it's just yeah. what happens to us all we get old yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah. have to be cared for mm-hmm. by our children and that's what she did um but she dies then in peoria county william uh william grows up to enlist in the union army fights uh volunteers for the union army is not drafted um fights uh, heroically at the Battle of Petersburg, uh, several of the battles around that Petersburg campaign. Uh, a cannonball explodes in front of him, and the percussion uh, damages his shoulder. Um, it never heals. Uh, but he is at the hospital, the field hospital, when he finds out that Abraham Lincoln has been assassinated. And there were the written records are of him wailing uncontrollably. Uh, again, why would you do that necessarily for somebody you just knew there was a personal feeling there. I see. Right. Um, following that, he volunteers to go back to his unit. An injury would have allowed him to leave and come back. Um, he wants to be back on the front lines with his unit. Um, they are transferred. Uh, they're put on ships in Virginia, and they are travel by sea all the way around Texas. And the original plan is, is that they're going to land on at the Rio Grande border and defend the borders uh, to stop Confederates that would be fleeing into Mexico. They get interrupted by a hurricane, and they are stuck in the Gulf of Mexico. And when all the supplies run out and there are problems on the ships, General Granger uh, makes the decision, uh, historic now historic decision, that they are going to, even though they know Galveston, Texas, is still in Confederate hands and is the last stronghold of the Confederacy of slavery, uh, we're going to land and we're going to liberate it. So they land at the docks, and William Costley is with that unit that marches into Galveston, Texas and posts in the public square uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. And there is a huge fe- uh, festival that takes off, a uh, celebration. Uh, nowadays, we recognize that as a federal and state holiday right. called Juneteenth. Yeah. So that's why we thought Someone this would be... Uh, that he would be there. Yeah. You have yeah. the first male slave. Yeah. Right. At the last... Uh, right. Yeah. There is a, a completion yeah. of that story yeah. there. Great story. William comes back, and this is, gets back to what Pekin's known for, in my opinion. William comes back, and uh, a few years later, there is an incident in the streets in the middle of the night, and he is there, and he sees it, and it is a a gentleman that had gone to prison for child abuse that has come home, and he's ripped his wife out of the house, and he is beating her to death in the street. Uh, William Costley warns the gentleman three times to stop what he is doing. When the gentleman will not, William Costley pulls out his pistol, and he shoots him dead in the street. Um, he's arrested, and a coroner's inquest is called. A jury, all 12 white members of the community are called to judge him. Um, and it is still in our records at the courthouse that the jury returns and says, we know the honorable character of William Costley. We also know the lying, wife-beating, child abuser, uh, scoundrel that he shot dead. We find William Costley innocent. Um, Hundred years before Dr. Martin Luther King, an right. all-white jury in Pekin, Illinois, judged William Costley by his character rather than the color of his skin. Right. Um, to me, that speaks 
gives context to some of the headline events today. Not only that, but it speaks more to what Pekin's values really right. were back then, right. comparable to some gossip about a banner on a bridge or anything sure. like that. Yeah. Here's a factual thing that we know took yeah. place. And, and, and you know, somebody called the other day, they're doing a research project in the state and they wanted to list all of the lynchings. We haven't had a lynching of uh, an African-American in Tazewell County that we know of. Hmm. We did have the costly sure. story to bring forward showing just the opposite right. as a matter of fact the only lynching we know of the Berry gang yep is that issue yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. not an african-american right. at all and yeah. uh crime but we know uh, that story is well documented right. but that's the only lynching that we know exactly. of in Tazewell wow. county so right well it's it's great i um i've been referred to by a lot of friends who know me well as a history nut i'd consider more of a history buff but uh it's it's great to see someone that really does a deep dive in local history because uh, you know some of that information is just either hard to find or you've got to be passionately devoted to the effort to seek the truth to get it done. So I, I admire what you did, what everyone did. Of course, I tell Jared all the time, appreciate what he does. And oh, he's doing fantastic, that good work. yes. So uh, you know, on behalf of the, the community, uh, on, on behalf of a, of a grandparent, of an African-American grandson, uh, I appreciate you finding that story and giving us so much local perspective mm -hmm. so thanks for coming john we appreciate it thank you and thank you to everyone for listening uh as always we welcome your thoughts and comments you can send us an email at peakinpodcast at gmail.com thank you to peakin library we're in a different room for a change uh, but a uh, very nice facility nonetheless and for their generosity and uh, again thank you for listening and have a great day